This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hi again, everybody. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. And greetings today from Birmingham, Michigan, suburb just outside of Detroit. That's where the Pelicans landed late, late last night following an overtime loss to the Toronto Raptors and where later this evening, just down the road in Auburn Hills, the Pelicans will take on the Detroit Pistons. I'm Sean Kelly. So glad you're with us. We've got a fantastic show for you today. This Wednesday's extra special. Uh, two of my uh, bestest guys uh, for you today. One from the Saints, one from the Pelicans. It's a Wesley Wednesday, and David Wesley stops by today to not only talk about the start of this road trip and what happened in that overtime loss to the Raptors last night for the Pelicans. They're now 19-30, and 30, by the way. Um, and, and what we'll have tonight in the Pistons. But we'll also, on the Saints side, talk to a starting right tackle, Zach Streif, who uh, is kind enough to stop in here during his offseason and kind of uh, tell us what he's up to, look ahead to the Super Bowl a little bit, and his uh, his other doings here around New Orleans in the coming weeks. Uh, he's always a fantastic visit, and I look forward to that today. So we're happy to share those conversations with you here on this Wednesday. Uh, David and I will also be uh, looking back to oh, about 49 weeks ago when the last time the Pelicans were in Detroit, that's when Anthony Davis put 59 on the board in a win uh, for the Pelicans over Detroit. Uh, as a matter of fact, the Pelicans have beaten Detroit now, I think, eight straight times. So you know, we'll see if they can make a nine in a row tonight, even up this road trip with uh, one more game still to come. And uh, and so that would be a, a good way to kind of even things after a bit of a heartbreaker last night. The Pelicans were up 14 at one point, uh, lost that lead going to the fourth, and uh, found a way to even it up to go to overtime, only to fall uh, on a basically a, a wild uh, shot by Kyle Lowry. He really came up big for the Raptors, who had lost six of their last seven. So uh, not a great way to start the road trip, but David and I will talk about that and other things. And then, as I mentioned, Zach Streif, too. So with that being said, I want to take a quick time out. We'll get right to our two good conversations today, great conversations today. And we'll start with Zach Streif. We'll do that first after this timeout. The New Orleans Pelicans have the perfect way for you to win the night with your bud by scoring the Guys Night Out ticket package presented by Coors Light. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include two tickets and four Coors Light beers, plus two collectible pint glasses, all for as low as $50. Win the night with the next Guys Night Out on Wednesday, February 8th against the Utah Jazz. Visit pelicans.com to plan your Guys Night Out today. Are you ready for a new challenge? Set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change-A-Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with over 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce cup, and sip your way to your goal weight. With flavors like pineapple mango, strawberry blueberry, dark chocolate banana, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goal. Take the Change-A-Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Take the challenge as part of a low-calorie diet and daily exercise program. Weight loss depends on individual needs. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. It's our Saints spotlight this week, and during the offseason, we've been visiting with guys uh, here and there once a week at least and kind of catching up on on what the Saints are doing in their offseason, getting to know them a little bit better. We've had some great visits already with, obviously, Craig Robertson, Tim Hightower, and now we're pleased to welcome in 
uh, you know, biased. Uh, one of my favorites, Zach Streif, who uh, joins us in Studio B. Zach, good to see you. You look good here in the offseason. How's it treating you? It's going great, man. Uh, thanks for having me, first of all. But, uh, yeah, the, hey, the offseason's been great. Uh, feeling good and healthy, and, and that always helps a little bit. And uh, enjoying this nice weather. It has been fantastic. And, and, and I'm curious, as, uh, as you're advancing in age, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, how long now, Zach, does it take at the end of the season for the bumps and the bruises and the soreness to start to maybe fade a little bit? You know, uh, it, it, I, I'm learning it's a, it's a year-to-year uh, question. Um, last year it took me a good while after the season to feel good, and uh, it was probably my toughest offseason in terms of getting back and, and, and kind of recovering. This year, I mean, honestly, I took two weeks off and, uh, really felt good to go and started working out. So uh, this year's been great. Um, started playing golf a week after the season, so I, I have no complaints. How is your golf game? When did you pick that up? Uh, you know, I, I uh, really mostly since I got here, um, I had played before, but but not real consistently, um, and and have had a couple of off seasons since I've been here where I've played a lot. Uh, and a couple of off seasons where uh, that wasn't possible last year. I had an elbow surgery, and it's tough to golf without an elbow. Um, so I, I missed a lot last year, but I've been playing a lot this year. And uh, listen, I think it's a great, uh, great way to kind of stay active, to get out, uh, go and go and spend time with friends. And uh, uh, for someone like me who spends his life trying to get better at stuff, it kind of uh, makes the off season a little bit easier. Is it somewhat um, therapeutic for a guy like you who? has contact virtually on every play uh, to, to play a sport that has no contact whatsoever? I think you certainly appreciate the uh, the kind of independence and the quietness of it. Um, yesterday, actually, I went out and, and, and hit about, about 200 chips and played a little music, and I was all by myself, and it was 68 degrees, and there was about five times I smiled and realized why I enjoyed playing golf so much. And, uh, you know, that I think – you know, just just being able to do it, you know, on my own, away from everybody, and and in in outside and all that stuff, uh, you know, makes me enjoy it. And then obviously, I think anyone that's ever played, it's it's a great game uh, for for spending times with with friends and and getting to get out and and kind of cut it up a little bit. So, uh, you know, for me, it's 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 something that I love doing. I look forward to it every single day. And uh, and again, these off seasons where I'm healthy, it's great because I can play so early. Good for you. Good for you. Zach Streif is with us. Hey, Zach, I, I remember telling you, I don't remember what week it was, but it was very deep into the season. I, I remember stopping you in the locker room and saying how much I enjoyed watching you work this year. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I did film study on Zach Streif and went back over his entire career. But, Zach, it sure seemed like you had one of the best years of your career this past season would you would you agree with that and 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 if so why um you know I, I i would probably agree i think it probably was my best season ever um and i think a lot of that had to do uh as much with the competition that i got to to play against um you know i really played a lot of elite guys this year and uh that was something i knew going into the season it was going to be a big challenge and uh, you know, it's not so much that I did anything different in the off season. I didn't work harder. Or I didn't lose a certain amount of weight or get any stronger necessarily. 
Um, I think it's kind of been a part of my evolution uh, as a player and, and kind of learning um, the things that I'm, I'm capable of doing and the things I'm not. And there's a little bit of trial, trial and error involved with that. And um, I really got into a good uh, kind of a good groove this year and a good stretch where I was real confident and comfortable with what I was doing. And, um, and I think a lot of that uh, was, was because of the quality of opponents that I kept facing uh, it really forced me to be uh, focused and, and to continue to trying to develop myself. And uh, just knowing a lot of these guys that I was playing this year uh, had the ability to, to essentially destroy a game plan for us by themselves. It's interesting. It really is that you, that you look at it from that angle. Um, and, and, and also, Zach, I'm curious as well, because we talked about how the years start to stack up. And while there's disadvantages to that, how much now – of your game is is because of you know yourself more so than you did say in years one two and three probably most of it at this point i think um you know my i I wouldn't say that i've like physically deteriorated tremendously um you know the the reality for me is that i was a backup for five years um and so you know you take a guy like jari you know jari's taken over twelve thousand game reps in his career here and i've taken you know six and a half um, and so obviously there's a lot of other stuff than just games, but that, that's a tremendous load off of me. So I don't know that I've deteriorated, you know, too much, but I certainly have a, a much better grasp of, of what my strengths and weaknesses are. And on top of that, uh, how to, uh, how to cover up some of those weaknesses, um, you know, with techniques and, and how to keep out of situations that I'm not very good at, um, and how to force guys kind of to play my game, uh, more than theirs. So, um, it's kind of the combination of the two. Um, and I think that just comes with, with development and, and, and reps and experience. Uh, and, and fortunately for me, I'm someone that's been in the same system for 11 years now, and I don't have to worry about what I'm doing. Uh, all I have to worry about is how I'm doing it. And so I think that's allowed me to, to really uh, understand myself and, and you know, the ways that I can be successful. That, that system, that program that you've been a part of for some time has seen different, you know, I guess, ruminations or variations, Zach, and it, it, it's the same, but it's not the same. What's, what's going to be different moving forward in your eyes? What, what excites you about what lies ahead now? Well, I think, uh, look, I think our receiving core right now is probably the best that we've ever had since I've been here. Um, the, the, the reality of that wide receiver room, uh, I think gives us something that we have not necessarily had, um, in the past. And we've had great receivers and don't get me wrong. You know, obviously Marcus Colston, uh, you know, is one of the the best receivers in saints history and in NFL history. And we've had a a crew of guys, Devery Henderson and, and Robert Meacham and Lance Moore guys that, that made this offense go for a long time. And yet I think this group we have right now, uh, with uh with brandon and uh michael thomas and sneed and you know coleman uh, it's it's really it's a good group and a group that's going to continue to get better they're so young i mean they're all i think they're all under 23 years old so uh that's that's something we've never really had here is a dynamic group of receivers we've had guys that that did certain things really well um, but we've got a bunch of guys that are doing everything well and uh and couldn't be more excited to get curtis johnson uh, back here, um, which I believe I've read. I'm pretty sure I saw that. Um, you know, CJ is, is as lead, an elite uh, wide receivers coach as there is in the world. And 
uh, getting him back in here will be a, a huge benefit for those guys as well. Yeah, I think that news is well-received by everyone that knows CJ, even in the smallest way. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. Zach Streve is with us. Zach, what do you think about this Super Bowl this weekend? I, I don't know what I want to do with it. Uh, I think it's going to be a decent <laughs> game, but um, it's interesting. Patriots and Falcons here coming up on Sunday. Yeah, uh, look, I, it, I think it's going to be a really good game. I'm looking forward to it. I think, uh, you know, Atlanta – uh, you have to acknowledge that offense is playing as well as, as anybody uh, really has ever uh, played. They really are uh, a force right now. And and to see them go up against, uh, you know, a Bill Belichick defense uh, is is going to be something to watch. You know, I think uh, that's that's an offense that's hard to stop because it's hard to shut down one particular thing. It, it's it's uh, an offense that's developed a good running game they have a group of good receivers. They have they have playmakers, and they have a guy running it that, you know, makes good decisions. And they have a line that's come together uh, really, really well. So it's a tough team to attack uh, defensively. Um, and yet, if there's anybody in the world that can figure that out, uh, it'll be Bill Belichick. And so uh, that's exciting uh, to see. Um, you know, and, and look, it's it's once you've played in one, every one that you're not in is disappointing. And so you find yourself. Uh, avoiding that game a little bit and I'm sure I'll do a little bit of the same this year just like last year uh, you kind of glance at it and don't necessarily sit down and watch because it kind of stinks to watch but uh yeah we're looking forward to it uh, and, and and curious to see how that game will play out in the sense of avoiding it uh, at the same time I know Mrs. Streif probably likes to be social do you are you social on Super Bowl Sunday do you go anywhere do you host uh, what's what's Zach Streif and, and his lovely bride do you know, uh, well, last year we I rode in Bacchus on Super Bowl Sunday, so that was actually very nice. Uh, that was easy to avoid because um, we were on the float the whole time. Uh, I think we'll probably – we'll go somewhere. I don't host anything. Uh, we'll probably go somewhere and meet up with some friends. And, uh, and again, it's one of those things I think the game will be on. It's in the background. It's a good excuse to get together and do some grilling and, and you know, kind of enjoy uh, your friends and – uh, not something necessarily that I'm going to sit down in a chair and, and be glued to. Um, again, it, I'm curious to see who wins, and yet it's not as easy to watch as it once was. Speaking of uh, grilling, how's your barbecue career going? I know that you've been involved with Hogs for the Cause over the years. Uh, I, yeah, I am. I actually just uh, left a meeting. Uh, we're working on our tent design this year. Uh, it, listen, Hogs for the Cause, man, if, if anyone hasn't been to it, what an awesome uh, – what an awesome event they're doing. And we've actually changed locations this year um, out to UNO, uh, out by their arena, which will be great uh, because there's some uh, there's some some concrete pathways in case there's another monsoon this year. Uh, but that's a great organization. I mean, they're raising money for a cause that I don't think anybody could, could uh, not get behind, you know, pediatric brain cancer research and, and helping, you know, a, a disease that is just as awful as they come. And so... Uh, we have a great time with it. Uh, we're uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Um, and uh, like I said, it's, it's it's something teams have really, this city really has latched onto and, and really it's taken off uh, because the teams have put so much into it. So uh, it's something I love being a part of and uh, certainly an opportunity. We'd, we'd love for anyone to come out and check us out. Yeah, it's a great from the ground up story. There's no doubt about that. Uh, hey, by the way, speaking of the Super Bowl, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about Rob Ninkovich, and I know you guys have stayed in touch over the years. Have you talked to him going into his uh, his next Super Bowl? You know, all I did was send a text. Um, I know uh, 
I know what that's like that you get inundated, uh, you know, in this, this two week period with people. It's amazing. I mean, it really is. You realize how big of a deal that game is when, when, uh, you, you see the amount of people that try and get in touch with you to congratulate you, to, to remind you that they've been watching all those things. So, uh, I shot him a text and, and, uh, looking forward to getting him back. We actually, uh, are building houses in neighborhoods next to each other on the North shore. So me and Rob are going to be neighbors. Um, I'm trying to get him to move into mine, but I don't think it's going to work out. But uh, he's a great guy and, and someone, look, he's the type of player uh, that you just love to see get success. You know, a guy that's just really worked for everything and, and, and went through a tough time and injuries and all those things and has went on to have a spectacular career in New England. And uh, I would love to see uh, Rob get another ring, um, I, I think if you were to ask me who I want to win, it would end up being the Patriots purely to see Rob uh, win a world championship again. And I have a feeling he feels the same about you in a pursuit of maybe one more for your career as well. Is that safe? Yeah, I think, you know, that, that whole class really has a pretty special bond. Uh, It was, it was a special group. And I think, uh, you know, a lot's been written about that now and it's kind of solidified us, I think uh, in the friendships and bonds that we've kind of formed there. Um, and so I think Rob absolutely 100% would be in the same way. I think Rob uh, would love to see, you know, to see us win another one. And um, I'm sure he would rather win another one himself. But, uh, you know, I, I think we all kind of cheer for each other. And, and he's a guy that, you know, when I, when I read a box start score of New England, the first thing I do is go down and see if Rob had a sack or how many tackles. And, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, he's, a, he's a good guy and someone that you just love to see success come to. Without a doubt. Hey, let me throw you a little curveball here as we kind of embark on the rest of the offseason here, Zach. And I know um, your focus is going to be on this upcoming season, and there's still plenty of time for you to kind of get right from this past one and whatnot. In your sense, whether it be you or your teammates, what's a conversation that you hope is avoided here in the offseason regarding the, the Saints and, and what lies ahead? Uh, you know, that maybe fans have some misunderstanding about that you would have a chance, say, here in our studios to kind of clear up or, or set to rest? Well, you know, there, it, I think there's a business side to football that, that we all enjoy and avoid, uh, avoiding until it, you know, directly affects us. Um, it's kind of the, the part of, of this profession that I think most of us, one, don't enjoy and, and two, uh, don't, don't fully grasp, um, you know, and, and you get into things like this, discussion of uh players getting traded and and uh, our guys you know these these locker room uh issues you know you, you read reports during the season about oh the locker room is revolting and you sit there as a player and you're like man that's just not even close to what's happening in here and yet it's like inappropriate to to push that out and and you know you see things about oh well you know, Sean Payton's going to get traded. And, and and I know, I'm like, man, I sat down with him two days ago, and I know that's not happening. And yet, no matter how much you say that's not happening, there's kind of a general perception that since it was written that it's true. And uh, those types of things, look, it, more than anything, it's it's not necessarily a distraction in the offseason. It's just something that you wish you could set straight. And, and it's almost impossible to do in, in this day and age with the amount of information and, and – uh, you know, kind of communication that's out there with social media and all those things. So, um, you know, I think what I love about this organization and what I've always appreciated is that 
the goal is always to continue to improve and to get better. And, and obviously there's, there's change and transition with that. But the last thing that we have here is this like crisis mode, uh, where, you know, people are wanting out and, 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 you know, the, the relationships aren't good. It's just not the situation we have. I think it's evident by the amount of people that leave and come back and appreciate what a special place it is and, and what a good building it is. And so sometimes that stuff gets to me a little bit. And those are the things that as a player, you're like, ah, I don't want to have to have that discussion or get asked that question. Uh, and it's just kind of part of the business. Well said, my friend. Well said. Hey, last thing, I know you mentioned Hogs for the Cause and your golf game. Is there anything else coming up this offseason that you're really looking forward to this year? Well, I'm ready. I'll tell you, I'm really excited for uh, Mardi Gras this year. I'm, uh, I'm bringing my, uh, my parents in, uh, and they have never been to a Mardi Gras before. Um, and so my dad is riding with me in Bacchus, and uh, my, my mom is going to the ball. And, and so I'm really excited for that. Uh, it's something that uh, I've wanted them to see for a long time. You know, I think, I think Mardi Gras in general is a really misunderstood event uh, in the rest of the country. You know, to us, it, it all makes sense, and, and you know what you're getting. But uh, to everybody else in the country, Mardi Gras is Bourbon Street on Fat Tuesday, and that's the perception, and, and it's, it couldn't be farther from the truth. And uh, so I'm very excited to have them down. Um, you know, I think that'll be, a, that'll be a, a, an exciting and uh, quite interesting week uh, for all of us. You know, for a kid from Ohio, Zach Streif, you've become quite an ambassador for your new hometown in New Orleans. I love it. Yeah, it's a great city. It's easy to uh, easy to get behind and certainly easy to uh, want to share with everybody else. Thanks for sharing today with us. I know you're really busy and, uh, and working out and everything else. So, man, I appreciate it a whole lot, and I always enjoy our visits. Absolutely, bud. Thanks for having me. You got it. There he is, starting tackle for the New Orleans Saints. Zach Streif with us here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll take a quick timeout and return in a moment. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Hey, New Orleans, the world's biggest party just got even bigger because NBA All-Star 2017 is coming to the Big Easy. You know about the big game on Sunday, but there's a whole weekend of fun starting Friday night. Come check out the BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge and the Celebrity Game. Then the D-League All-Star Game on Saturday. Even watch the best athletes in the world get ready at All-Star Practice. Tickets start at just $10. Don't miss out. Visit NBATickets.com now. Guess what day it is? Hump day? Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Black and Blue Report continues on this Wednesday with David Wesley. Therefore, Wesley Wednesday on the road. Back on the road again. And uh, next to the fireplace today in sunny but cold Birmingham, Michigan. Good to see you, sir. Hey, good to see you. It's been a while since we've, we've done a lobby uh, black and blue, so, uh, and this is a this is a very nice lobby, very big, very lot of space in here. Yes, yes. I have a feeling we'll be doing a few more of these as the Pelicans play nine of twelve on the road, starting with yesterday's game, and uh, still plenty of road trips to come even after the All Star break. Unfortunately, David, the road trip started 
last night north of the border and in a rough fashion an overtime loss to the Toronto Raptors. And for the most part, it was a good effort. I mean, you look at all the things that that they did well, and you have to be um, happy about those in a season where you're so far in the hole. You really start picking this thing completely apart because here it is, another loss, uh, another game that should have been won by the Pelicans. Um, they they didn't finish necessarily well. They ran into each other that, on a play that would have been wide open, and they would have got a wide open look and a chance to win it. Um, and, and they didn't. And, of course, you go back to the third quarter, you know, all teams may have bad stretches. Um, that was that – was, and I'm sure they'll agree. I mean, I think they had six turnovers, gave up a 14-point lead. And, you know, they they righted the ship and they, they fought hard down the stretch and they, they went into overtime, but it's a game they definitely should have won. Yeah, I, it was hard to watch Anthony Davis struggle shooting the ball so much. I, I thought at some point, you know, he's just going to – you know how he does it. He'll miss four or five, and all of a sudden, bang, bang, bang. He hits five out of six, and everything's all cool again. It never happened last night. Right. You know, we're, we're used to seeing, you know, there have been times where he struggled and been as bad as two for ten and end up shooting right at 50% by the end of the night because he gets on those rolls. Um, the mid-range wasn't going, and, and I thought, for, just from my perspective, he needed something easy. He needed a jump hook. I don't think he shot one jump hook last night. If he did, I think he shot some runners, but I don't think he really shot one jump hook. He never put his back to the basket, posted up, crab dribble, and, and got one that way. Uh, most of it was jump shots or runners and, you know, a couple of dunks. But, um, yeah, he never got into a rhythm, and and they were still up 14 with him shooting whatever it was at halftime, which wasn't very good, and – they just uh, – I don't know if they didn't come out focused that second half that in the third quarter, but it cost them the game, I think. He's still at 18 and 13, by the way, if you're getting just some of this news just from our visit today. I, speaking of news, uh, it is good news with regard to Drew Holiday. He is hotter than a firecracker uh, here of late. Did I mess up AD's numbers? 17 rebounds. Back-to-back games, 17 rebounds. There we go. Appreciate it. Um, Holiday, meanwhile – Boy, is he playing his best basketball of the year or what? And unfortunately, they can't get wins out of it at the moment. Yeah, we, we went into a game two games ago. He's 8-1 and one when he scores over 20. Hey, Drew, let's get more aggressive. He does, and they lose the next two, which is which – is, and, and they're exceptional games. I think he's shooting like – and he's shooting like 60 cents, 60% over his last five and right at 60% from three. Like, he is on – fire playing well I love the way he plays I you know I'm, I'm a big fan you know there are guards in this league that I just I watch and I go yeah that's that's good stuff and you know how smooth he is how he gets to the basket you know that left hand that he loves more than his right hand obviously and um, you're right not turning into wins uh, but again this team has played in so many close games that they somehow that's going to be the difference in their season. You know, you take five or six of those and turn them into wins, and all of a sudden you're looking at a, a different record. Speaking of the season, I'm glad you said that. Uh, John DeShazer and I were talking yesterday going into the Toronto game and the start of this road trip that these next 12 games, which does cover 
pass, cover us past the All-Star break, nine of them being on the road, where you stand in the standings and everything else, that this could be the defining chunk of the season. This is the stretch that will tell you whether or not you have a chance or the whole thing crumbles. Um, are, are we on to something there, or are we being a little dramatic here about these next 12? Well, you look at what they've done, the 6-15 and 15 before we started this road trip. On the road, 6-15 and 15 on the road before they started this road trip. Um, you're gonna ha- they're going to have to be somebody they haven't been to this point. It's not hard to look at <clears throat> this team and think, can they do something different than the 6-15 and 15 when, since the 0-8 start, let's throw it out the window, they're still under 500 since everybody's been back they're still right at or under 500 they're going to all of a sudden start playing better on the road i'm i'm not sure i mean but you're right this is the make or break time and can they find a way to do it well in order to do it they can't afford to give away games that they have in the bag so to speak everybody's going to make a run toronto was at home and they have an amazing guard in kyle lyra who played well but they have to find a way, and, and that's a easy thing to say, hard thing to do. Um, but, yes, this could be, you know, and, and, you, and you keep looking and you say you're only down two, you're only down three in the standings. For this team, that looks like a, a lot further climb than, than it really is because they can't seem to string some wins together. It's win one, lose one, win two, lose two. And that's just not going to get it done. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The good news is you're going to play some of these teams uh, that are right there with you in the standings. That that's kind of like a, a double effect in, in a sense. But you have to you have to pull it off. So so we'll see. Hey, we're in Detroit, and uh, it was almost what 49 weeks ago that we were in this city, and Anthony Davis um, lit up the Pistons for 59 points. Um, I still think about that game. It's almost a full year later. What about you? I do, uh, because it's it's one of those things that you can look at and say, I was there. Uh, it's a, It was an amazing feat. It was one of those you look back and you say, what were you thinking at this point and that point? And, and um, here recently we, we did a, a thing on that, which started bringing back memories, the big step, step away, fade away, jump shot over Drummond that looked like it had no chance, great contest, great highlight, bang, just could not miss. I remember when he got to 40 with a lot of time left, and you're saying, can he get 50? Then he gets to 50, can he get 60? And now you're hoping for 60. And uh, all that came in a win, which, you know, you can look back and say, great, you know, like my career high is in a win. You always want that. And amazing, amazing game. It just seemed like he would, like, he could have kept scoring for another game and a half. It did feel like that. Uh, but there was one bucket, though, uh, that didn't go late. I think because you and I were in agreement. We were like, well, all right, 60, <laughs> you know, 61, whatever it was. And it didn't fall. Um, and I almost felt guilty for feeling bad that it didn't go in. I, I didn't because, listen, uh, he may never have another 59-plus game right. in his career. Those, those are – then again, he might. I mean, he definitely has the ability to do it. Um but when you get that close to 59, and he may have, he, he may have 10 to 
15 more 50-point games in his career and never have 60. You get that close. Yeah, I'm not, I don't feel guilty at all. Get 60. Help me understand. Um, when you're playing a game, how difficult it is to even get the opportunities to score that many points, the number of field goal attempts or free throw attempts. Um, you played it. You know the rhythm of it. You know how many touches basically that one can get. That, that in itself has to be a little almost unbelievable. It, it is, except for it is also the star player. Those things are going to happen more for a star player and than it would be for somebody like myself. I think my career high shots is 26, but my career high points came on 14 shots. So, you know, it's it, like I said, he's going to have those opportunities way more. Um, you know, if I had to guess in my career, I probably got 20 shots. I don't know, maybe 20 times, you know, but, you know, Mashburn comes back after an injury and gets 50 because we're just give him the ball, give him the ball, and they couldn't stop him, and that fadeaway is crazy. So the star player is going to have more opportunities. 60 is a lot. So will he have that many opportunities to get 60? A star player is going to have more. You know, a star player like me getting 20 shots is going to have that chance to get 60. So um, I think he will. Will he shoot the ball that much? Will he get to the free throw line? Because the free throw line was huge, um, and he shot a lot of free throws. So to get 60, you have to get to the free throw line score the basketball while the the clock is stopped to help that but I think he can do it again it just it's just not likely fair enough hey we haven't seen the Pistons yet this year um just give me a thought or two on what you think about tonight's game against Detroit well you know a team that that, that's underachieving uh a team that in Reggie Jackson he likes to pound the ball dribble it people are complaining about uh that kind of thing but there's there's talent out there a guy I love um, Tobias Harris can flat out play um, they have our old good buddy Ish Smith who can change the tempo get it going he's not getting as much time because he's playing behind Reggie Jackson um, and Reggie I mean he can get it going and, and, and really play well so um, it's going to be a tough task in their building on a back-to-back uh, all those things are going to play into um, what they do um Caldwell Pope is struggling right now. Marcus Marcus Morris is, uh, you know, somebody who can spread the floor and and and, uh, and score the basketball. They have the pieces out there. Drummond, big. When we were playing the small lineup, could give this team problems. Um, so, you know, there are some things that they have to work through. But when this team plays well, the Pelicans, they're pretty good. Ah, the grand mystery. But. They can't keep it going. They can't play at a full 48, and no team can. You know, everybody says play a full 48, but you can play hard for 48. You can play smart for 48, and this team at times does some things that make you scratch your head. David Wesley here with us on the Wesley Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to ask you one last thing. Your buddy LeBron James, (laughs) he's taking on his owner, his GM, his teammates, which I did learn the other night that he did apologize to his teammates and address that. And then uh, now fired shots at Charles Barkley the other day. Number 23 up there in Cleveland has been a little salty right now, and I know you know him. Um, are, you, are you watching this with any interest? You know, in the thing he said to Charles Bar- Barkley, 
the one thing that stood out to me is he mentioned his legacy. I think every time he gets a microphone in his face, he does just as much damage to his legacy as anything anybody else could ever say about him. He always says so, he always tends to say something that just stop. Get the microphone out of his face. I'm the best in the world on the planet. Like, stop. Stop interviewing LeBron James to save himself. These people are, this media is putting the microphone in his face and going, give me something juicy. And he does not disappoint. And it's really a shame because, you know, what he said about Charles Barkley, I don't think anything in that was wrong. It's just not good for him to come out and do it. He doesn't have to protect himself like that. He's a star player. He's going to get good press and bad press. And he's complaining about things that this is a championship team. These are the same players on a team. He didn't lose Kevin Durant. He didn't didn't lose Kyrie Irving. It's the same team. And 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 he's going at his owners. He's going at his team. In every team that LeBron has been on since almost the beginning of his career goes through these times. Why is he panicking? Why isn't he why isn't he going to the media like Aaron Rodgers and saying R E L A X we're going to be fine? Because he likes chaos, that's why. Yes, and, and that's a part of what his legacy that he speaks on is gonna be about. He likes chaos, he always stirs the pot. He does things that are like, whoa, and the media loves him for it. They mean, hey, give me some more juice, and he doesn't disappoint. I think it's good for the league. I think it's fun. I do. I do. The whole Carmelo thing, all those things. You don't want it in your building, (laughs) but it's good for the league to have funky. Oh, yeah. Chicago is a great example. You're right. Good to see you, my friend. Um, I can't guarantee a fireplace next week. Um, Then again, I think we might be home next week for Wesley Wednesday, and that's a good thing. Enjoy the rest of the trip, sir. I will do my best. Uh, a couple of days in Washington uh, to sit down and relax, and um, you know, hopefully we can all get together and sit around the fireplace. <laughs> Good idea. Are you going to go check out, uh, see if you can go see uh, President Trump? Maybe try and straighten a few things out there too. Man, now you really open a can of worms. See, you set me up, and <laughs> I'm sorry, the battery's getting low. <laughs> it's time to go. <laughs> David Wesley here with us on a Wesley Wednesday. Pelicans and Pistons tonight, our last visit to the Palace at Auburn Hills. That's amazing. We didn't even talk about that, our last visit at the Palace. You know, and, and these kind of arenas, you know, they have they have you know special place for a lot of people. You know, I remember being able to play in the Boston Garden, which is, a, which is an uh, arena that if you've never seen, watched a game, or played in, it's, it, it was one of those. It was a rat trap, but it was – you know, historic, and you knew a lot of big games happened in there. Um, and Auburn Hills, you know, they won a couple of championships in that building and a lot of great teams in that building, and it's uh, it's sad to see it go. Yep. All right, tonight, uh, Fox Sports New Orleans for David and uh, Jen and Joel. That'll be at 6.30 Central Time. Radio-wise, uh, John DeShazer and myself also 6.30 with three games both starting at 6. Take a break and be right back. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have. 
a chance to grow up. Sometimes cancer patients come who were told they were out of options, but Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans and have an amazing game night group experience that you can customize to meet your group's needs. Bring your family, friends, or coworkers, and we'll bring the fun. Make lasting memories while you sit back and enjoy the excitement of watching the world's best athletes and ask how you can be a part of the action on center court. For more information and to book your group night, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Hope you enjoyed our visit today. I hope your Wednesday goes great. I, you know, it's uh, it's cold. At least the sun's out here in Detroit. And as Zach Streif mentioned, uh, the weather in New Orleans is fantastic. Enjoy that. I want you today. And then we'll hope to see you right back here tomorrow for the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'll be in our nation's capital with the Pelicans. We'll talk about the uh, ball game against the Pistons. And we'll continue to look ahead to uh, Super Bowl 51 this weekend between the Falcons and the Patriots. Thanks again to Zach Street for stopping by. Big time visit with him. And as always, David Wesley on a Wesley Wednesday. David, uh, Joe Myers, and Jen Hill on Fox Sports New Orleans tonight starting at 6. Tip off just after 6.30. Same times for the Pelicans Radio Network. Daniel Salerson will be looking back at Anthony Davis's 59-point performance last time in Detroit. And John DeShazer and I will have the call for you. Again, at 6.30 Central tonight, the first of two meetings this season with the Detroit Pistons, who have lost three straight coming into this affair this evening. So with that being said, I bid you adieu, and I thank you, as always, for being with us here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly. Have a great rest of of your Wednesday, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.